What up, what up, what up? What's going on, America? I hope you are having a, what is today, Thursday? Yes, Uh, I'm I'm like one day, I keep thinking it's the the next day, every day. Yeah, man, the next couple, the next like 10, 12 days is... Super busy? It's insane. So as soon as we get done filming here, um, I've got to finish up a couple things in the office, and then it is off to Charlotte. I have a speaking event at Freedom House, uh, ironically at what they call the Freedom rally um this afternoon and then have some meetings with some people there uh for dinner tonight and then it is back um you know charlotte's only two hours away from here so then it is back home tonight late tomorrow got some business meetings planned we have to film another episode and then skillet is in town so going to link up with uh john there you go there you go and then on saturday I have to travel down to Florence, South Carolina, to get ready for the Trump rally, uh, which I'm not just speaking at the Trump rally. It is going to be an all day. I know people are like, ooh, Graham, (laughs) you know, big, you know, sounds so terrible. You got to, hey, man, you try to get up in front of 50,000 people and figure out what you're going to say and then come talk to me. most people know that 98% of the time I only have like two or three bullet points that I know I'm going to say. Other than that, I just kind of wing it. And, uh, you know, uh, I feel like the uh, Save America rally crowd will be a pretty fun crowd, so it shouldn't be too hard. I'm sure they could be pretty riled shouldn't up. shouldn't be too hard to, to, to get the place rocking. But while I'm there, I also have to go to support the two Trump-endorsed candidates that are running. Um, I have to do another speech at a VIP uh, donor dinner there. And then every news network that's covering it has a tent station that want me to do live coverage of the event while it's going on. So it's going to be a very long so you, day. So you've got a few things to do, it sounds like. A couple things. And then next week we go to Florida basically twice but because it's twice i guess i'm just going to stay there and book a couple meetings while we're in florida yeah it's just a busy couple days coming up um i want to thank everybody for all the emails i got yesterday i actually was not expecting as many emails you get a good response i I did i i got uh you know god first america second Exclamation points. Uh, uh, I could not love this anymore. So glad you're showing God is always first. Uh, Hi, Graham. Thank you so much for the latest episode. It was by far my favorite episode yet. Uh, Susan Wheeler said she loved it. Uh, Stevie Higby said, yes, God first, America second. Love it. A lot of good responses. And so I appreciate it. Um, We're going to start off this episode talking about something political uh, because I feel like it's very important. All right, guys, Ronald Reagan saw it 40 years ago. Massive inflation that we haven't seen since until Joe Biden. In Ronald Reagan's own words, inflation is is as violent as a mugger, as frightening as an armed robber and as deadly as a hitman. Right now, your retirement accounts are under attack. Thanks to Joe Biden. That's why I partnered with Birch Gold to protect the savings that you have to protect what matters to you and your family. And that is security. When that is why you need to go to Birch Gold and diversify your savings account with gold, silver, and precious metals. 
With thousands of satisfied customers and an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, you can trust Birch Gold to protect your savings. Text the word Graham, that's G-R-A-H-A-M, to the numbers 989898 now to get a no-cost, no-obligation info kit. This comprehensive 20-page guide reveals how gold and silver can protect your savings and how you can buy them under the umbrella of a tax-sheltered account. You've only got eight days left to purchase with Birch Gold before the end of February, and they will send you a signed copy of my book, Dear America. So do it right now. Text the word Graham, that's G-R-A-H-A-M, to 989898. You've got no excuse. You're listening to this podcast on your phone as we speak. That's the word Graham to 989898 now. So everybody is talking about the Florida don't say gay bill. I mean, people are actually losing uh, their minds over this bill. I really want to ask the questions why, why we're, why, why people are losing their minds over the don't say gay bill. Like you see people, legislatures in Florida that were against the bill, just walking down the hallway saying gay, 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 like a bunch of three-year-olds, like throwing a tantrum. Uh, you see actors that are just saying, you know, uh, like Wasn't it Mark Hamill. That Le- freaking like, Luke Skywalker is just uh, tweeting, gay, 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 a gay, gay. very, very misinformed man. Anyway. So I, I, I figured I would just pull up an article because there's a lot of people. First of all, the word, it's not called the don't say gay bill. Okay. That's not the word gay is not even in it, right? Correct. So I actually looked into this. The word gay is not even anywhere in this bill. The people that are calling it the don't say gay bill are the people that are apparently pro gay, right? Like pro gay rights and all this other kind of stuff. This has nothing to do. So this is why I want to discuss it. Okay. This is a, this is a moral issue, not Mm -hmm. so much a political one. Okay. This bill specifically, and even in the articles that they're talking about it. So I'm going to read you directly from an article about it here. Okay. This isn't an attack on gay rights. This isn't, I've seen people like post pictures and be like, hey, Governor DeSantis, this is what a family looks like. Um, and it's two dudes with two kids, right? And all this stuff. This isn't a outlaw of gay. I mean, let's talk about what it's not. This isn't a, you know, uh, don't ask, don't tell type situation within the military. This isn't a Florida saying that we're no longer going to recognize gay rights. Yeah. Uh, this isn't. That's not what this is. Isn't it pretty much just kindergarten through third grade can't talk about that, sexual issues? That's what I'm I'm getting at. This is what it says, okay, in this in this thing here. Republican law, lawmakers say critics are mischaracterizing what the bill would do. They say student-led discussions in the classroom that touch on sexual orientation or gender identity are allowed. For example, a student could bring up their LGBTQ parents in response to an assignment about their family tree. What's not allowed, here we go, are K through three lesson plans explicitly based on those themes, which Republican backers noted is currently the practice in the state. This bill 
is specifically aimed at removing sexual education of any kind, especially LGBTQ education, in grades K through 3. So we're talking about kindergartners to three-year-olds. Just so you know, you're out of the third grade at about nine, okay? And that's still pretty young. It's still really young, okay? So I could argue that you shouldn't be having sex conversations till middle school, but, you know, I. Yeah. which, again, I don't disagree that, you know, once you get to middle school, I mean, yeah, human reproductive systems, all that kind of stuff, yes, I, I agree. By the time they're in high school, should you um, – uh, push for abstinence and things like that. Absolutely, mm -hmm. I believe you should because high schoolers are doing it, okay? I mean, should they? Absolutely not. The reality of the situation is they are by the time they're in high school. So you do have to educate. Hey, you should be practicing abstinence. However, if you're going to do it, this is how you do it to not get an STD, not get AIDS, all this other kind of stuff. That's how it was when I was in school, yeah. right? Hey, do not do this. Don't. And in fact, I remember my teachers very specifically in health class, because that's what it used to be called, health class, right? Mm -hmm. People termed it sex ed, but it was called health class. They would literally look at us and be like, do not be idiots. None of you. They would be very honest. None of you are ready and or equipped to be a mom or dad. And it's terrifying to think about any of you being one. Like, I mean, I mean, <laughs> yeah. they would be very honest about it. But anyway, back to the point. This specific bill, it doesn't matter what the outcry is. It doesn't matter what the LGBTQ community are claiming that Florida is trying to do. This specific bill is saying that... Uh, it literally says in this article that is trashing the bill, uh, trashing the bill. What's not allowed are K through three lesson plans explicitly based on those themes, i.e. sex, sexual identity, gender fluidity, blah, 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 blah. So you have to ask yourself this question. Who in the world? I don't want you teaching my kindergartner through third grader about homosexual things in the realm of sexuality. I don't want you teaching anything yeah. in that world because they're kindergartners through third graders. Why would you be teaching that in the first place? That is my question. And that is the morality of the problem that we're mm -hmm. facing in America today. This is in Florida. Okay, so that means in super blue states, I guess it's just cool, right? I guess so, yeah. Like, like, like you can just talk about whatever you want to these kids. Um, you have to ask yourself this question. Okay, remove all the noise. I talk about this all the time. It's just like a legal case, man. Specifically, this bill removes the ability for educators to have sexually explicit, sexually uh, directional, uh, what am I saying, uh, d d sexually, uh, anything of sexual nature out of kindergarten, first grade, second grade, and third grade. 
That is what this bill is. And the left is labeling it a don't say gay bill. It even says in here, a student can bring up their LGBTQ parents in response to assignments about a family tree. That's a very normal thing that kindergartners through third grade do. They'd be like, all right, you know, draw your brother and your sister, your parents, then your grandparents, and then, you know, you create a family tree, right? Okay. It doesn't say they can't do that. This isn't an anti-gay bill. Yeah, they're not trying to push all things gay outside out of the school. It's just kids at that age don't need to be learning about sex in the first place. I have been saying this for forever. There is a rising agenda to sexualize our children. Mm-hmm. What rational person? Where is the morality on the LGBTQ side? And I know that we've got LGBTQ listeners here. And so I ask you this question, honestly, do you believe as a gay parent that your child should be taught about sexuality either straight or gay from kindergarten to third grade? If you do think they should be, I will say I think you need to seek mental therapy. I really do. And mental health. Um, I don't want... Just the other day. Just the other day. Uh, my son is 11 and a half. He's going to be 12. One of his friends in the neighborhood just turned 13. Okay? So he goes to his friend's birthday party, and we're there. And his friend, just like he has... My son, who's a little younger, he's got some friends that are a little older, right? So one of the friends shows up with his little girlfriend. He's like 15, okay? So he's two-year two year difference either way I feel is like pretty normal, right? Yeah. I had some friends in high school that were freshmen when I was a junior. You know what I mean? Like yeah. two, two years, you know, it's whatever. Anyway, these two kids, guy and a girl, start like making out behind the house, behind the slide where these – Kids, because it was, you know, a lot of these kids were younger too, right? Because, you know, you can't just, I mean, it was in the neighborhood. So you can't exempt like the neighborhood kids coming and sliding down the slide. And we found out these kids are making out behind the house. Guess what we did? We went up there and busted it up. Oh, no, you're not. Not with all these kids running around. You ain't doing none of that. Absolutely not the end. If I catch you doing it again, I'm throwing you out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it is it is a it is not an anti-gay. It is a anti you know what they should have done? They should have just named it the Anti-Sexualization of Children Act. That's what they should have named. Yeah. Okay? And then I would love to see people coming against the Anti-Sexualization of Children Act. It would make it very it would make it a lot harder for people to attack it. They would do it. Oh, of course they, they would. They would do it. I mean, we have this is a morality attack. This isn't a political attack. This isn't anything. This th Look at what it actually is. Do not read the headlines. Do not read the, read the bill. It's a very short bill, actually. Like, it's super short. It's like five, six pages. It's not hard to understand what's actually being said here. And honestly, the fact that anyone, whether straight or in the LGBTQ community, would have a problem with not teaching sexually explicit or sexually specific, that's the word I was looking for mm -hmm. earlier, content to your kindergartner 
first grader, second grader, or third grader, I'm telling you right now that if my my daughter is in second grade, if she came home talking about sexual stuff she learned in school, I would burn the school down. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Because that is your job as a parent, mm-hmm. period. That is your job to teach your children about that kind of stuff. Now, if you are an ignorant parent and a lazy parent and you don't do your job, you don't have conversations with your children by the time they hit middle school, well then, yeah, I do believe that there is education. Kids need to know how babies are created. Like that's part of life, right? Like you need to understand it. But you can do it from a medical perspective, not a sexual perspective. There's differences in everything. I think we actually have to ask the questions. Who are the people that would have a problem not sexualizing kindergartners through third graders? And then you let me know who you think is right and who you think is wrong. And and and, and I genuinely, I, I, I mean that from a place of sincerity. I truly believe that anything sexual, anything with gender fluidity and gender identity and all this other kind of stuff, it has no place in the kindergarten through elementary schools. It has no place there. None. Zero. Nada. Zip. Because they're not sexual beings. Mm-hmm. They're children. They're not sexual beings. Puberty is a real thing. Yeah, That's when a child starts going into the transition to become an adult, right? That's when you start talking about, you know, what happens to your body and, and, you know, how babies are actually created. And yes, that's actually natural that this happens. You know, you're supposed to be getting hair down there, all that kind of stuff, right? There are natural phases and we are backing it up. Even more so, and a lot of people, this is everybody's favorite thing. Well, you know, Graham, back in the day, uh, if you were 14, 16 years old, people were getting married. Yeah, they also were through puberty by then, and I still don't like it back then. But what I'm saying is, I'm not saying don't teach your teenager about sex. That's not what I'm saying. I actually think that you're supposed to. I think it's actually very detrimental, especially Christians and Christian parents that don't teach your children about things. Because... They going to figure it out if you don't teach them. Well, the wrong people will teach them. And yes. Then there's somebody's, a bigger... somebody's actually going to perform the act to teach them if you don't yep. teach them about it the correct way ahead of time. And then you got all kinds of problems in and of if itself. If you teach them ahead of time, it can prevent a lot of issues. I've also learned that removing the taboo around things at the appropriate age mm-hmm. is actually very beneficial. Because what do, it would be like my gun safe, okay, for example, all right? It'd be like my gun safe. You can't miss it. I've got a lot of guns, okay? Very big safe. Yeah. In fact, I had a safe so big one time that we used it as a prop for the studio. (laughs) And and it took up the majority of the set. Like, we're talking about a seven-foot-wide, ten-feet-tall, like, it was, it weighed a thousand pounds. Like it was a massive bringing thing. out the big gun. Anyway, <clears throat> it would be like my children walking around the house every day, seeing this gigantic thing and them asking me, 
what is that and what's in it? And I say, don't worry about it. You're not, nope, don't even, don't even look at it. Don't even look at it. Don't even, whatever. Don't even think about it. All they would do is start to obsess about what's in the safe. What's in the safe? What's in the safe? What's in the safe? What's in the safe? And it would become this thing where they got to figure it out. Same thing with guns. That's why a lot of people get mad at me uh, about the fact that my children are learning to uh, shoot firearms the correct way. Well, because if I keep it from them and they view it as this taboo thing, naturally, especially during the teenage years, they're going to rebel and go after it. That's what they want. Why do you think that so many preachers' daughters and sons turn out to be degenerates in college? It's because they've been sheltered their entire life and they haven't been prepped in the correct stages at the right times. Mm -hmm. It's no different. Anyway, again, sorry, uh, but that's how I feel. It's not a don't say gay bill. That's, that's a leftist term that has been put on a bill that sole purpose is to remove sex in general from kindergarten to third grade, which I still think it's absurd that we're talking about teaching sexual anything to third or to fourth graders. Fourth graders are still little kids that play with toys. My, I have, uh, I, my oldest is in fifth. My middle is in fourth. And my daughter is in second grade. If I find out that my fifth grader comes home going like, what do you think about blah, 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 blah? What? Did you just, man, I can't even begin to describe to you the anger that yeah. would uh, proceed. I would be on the news. I, there's <laughs> there's no other way to, to say it. <laughs> I would be on the news. Um, anyway, okay. Uh, let me know what you think. Graham at DearAmericaMedia.com. Let me know what you think. And uh, yeah. Okay. Let's get into a sponsor. All right, everybody. Listen up. I want to bless you this month. Okay. I want to bless you by paying off your mortgage for next month. Okay. Um, what about producers? No. You're I don't not, count? You don't count because you're on the show. Crap. You know how much I'd get sued if you want. Anyway, the point <laughs> is... Good Ranchers, okay? The company that saved this podcast from extinction when we got demonetized on Facebook is under severe attack from the radical left for supporting us, for supporting other conservative voices, and supporting free speech. I need every one of you right now to show your support for this 100% American beef company. I need you to go to goodranchers.com slash Graham right now. And every single order this month, they're going to send me a list and I'm going to pick two people and I'm going to pay off your rent or your mortgage for next month. Okay, look, not only do you get 100% in America beef or chicken, you also support a conservative company and... I'm going to bless you and you have an opportunity to have your rent or your mortgage paid off next month. I know times are tough. I know that everybody is hurting, but so is this company that is trying to do the right thing. So I need everybody right now to go to goodranchers.com slash Graham and make an order today. What I want to do today is I asked a lot of people before we started filming about topics that they wanted to hear about. But before, before I do that, I, I felt compelled to 
uh, I, I just wrote this down and I feel like there are people that need to hear this today. So as always, if this inspires you or this, you know, touches you in some way, I ask you to let us know. Send me an email at graham at dearamericamedia.com. I really do read the emails as much as I can. Sometimes they get a little intent or intense by the amount, but I really do try. Um, I wrote down the words like, care, love, in love, and choose. Okay. And, and that may not make a lot of sense right this second, but you know, I, I want to, I want to talk for a moment uh, about those words um, because I feel like there are some people that are in some relationships right now or are thinking about getting in relationships or potentially thinking about getting out of relationships, um, specifically women that need to hear about this. Um, also for the men, I had this pop through my head uh, as well. Um, there's a lot of men out there, myself included, that have lost focus on some things. Now, do not get me wrong. Uh, I am all about work ethic. I'm all about making that money, baby. I really am. I I, I am uh, I am pro <laughs> capitalist uh, capitalism. Yeah, man. But but at the same time, uh, I realize that sometimes we focus so hard on being businessmen or or working to become a businessman that we forget to be a good man. And, mm. and, and so what I want to say to you is this, um, you're never, and I, and I hope that this reaches who it's supposed to reach. And then ladies, I'm coming back to you. You're never going to make as much money as you're actually worth because to God, because to everything we, we are priceless, right? Well, we just are. And trust me when I tell you that no amount of money is going to make you feel better now superficially it may for a time you can go out and buy a new car and for a couple of weeks it makes you feel good or you can take your family on a really expensive trip that nobody else gets to go to and it makes you feel good for about four days and when you off. come back home you're never going to be able to make the money that you're actually worth but you'll never get back the time lost with the ones you love trying to make it mm. And so, again, I uh, one more time, you are never, ever, and this is not a free pass to be lazy, just for the record, but you are never, ever going to make enough money to justify your actual worth as a person, as a child of God, um, but you are never going to get back the time you lose with the people you love. That's actually the most important part trying to get there. So, uh, I felt like that was for the dudes, ladies, let's talk for a minute. So one of the questions, uh, well, I'll get into the question in a minute. Let me go back to the one, two, three, four, five words that I put down like, Oh, I said like care, love in love, choose. Okay, so basically what I want to say to you today is that all of these words, a lot of us view love, the word love. I'll tell you, we have degraded what love means. And, you know, it used to be like, whoa, you're thinking about saying the L word to somebody? Yeah. Like, wow, that is a big, big, big deal. Like, I mean, I literally, I remember that 
being this thing. Like if you ever got to a point that you were ready to say the the, the love word to somebody, that was it should be a big deal. That would it should be. But 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 what I want to talk to the ladies and the dudes today, this is for everybody, is let me explain to you why as people, us say when God says the word that he loves us, it is this immeasurable thing right because it is empower it is packed impactful it is powerful etc but as people my my way i'm going with this is love doesn't mean anything and the word okay well actually the feeling all right because we're flawed people all right i know that let, let's start off with the beginning you like somebody right mm-hmm. you think you do and, and let's be honest we're adults here uh the initial reason you like somebody it's because you're attracted to them. And attraction is rooted in sexual attraction, yeah. right? Like that's that's the truth, okay? That's what happens. You see a shorty come up and you go, dang, you know, like that's the mm-hmm. first, that is the first thing that happens, okay? We are, we are a species of human. Some of you are younger and you're like, did he just say shawty? It's like, yeah, I'm showing my age. Okay. But, <laughs> but, but that used to be a, a big thing, but, but, but either way, my point is like is initially attached to the most superficial thing about mm-hmm. a person. Yeah. Okay. Uh, men and women, a, a lot of men get better looking between the ages of 25 to 50, but then after 50, they fall off ladies would say it's the opposite for women, right? Like, like what you look like from 18 to 30, you know, men, I don't know. I disagree. I think women are beautiful past the age of 35 and 40, but women all the time, I hear Alyssa and everybody talk about it all the time. How in the world do you men get better looking with wrinkles and stuff? And, you know, it's just, it's just what we view as society, but either way, Initially, like is based around the most superficial thing. Yeah. Sexual attraction. That's what it is, right? And out of liking somebody, when you like somebody, what's the first thing you do when you like somebody? You try to get to know them, Mm -hmm. right? And through getting to know them, then you start to care about them. You get that deeper connection. Correct. And then that care turns into love, which used to be, that was the... That was the final thing, man. If you make it to love, man, that's that is it. But today, love means absolutely nothing. Love you, bro. Love you, chick. You know, love you, man. You know, I mean, we throw love around like it's like it's nothing. We love everybody. I can't tell you how many people have said they love me. This is not Alyssa, by the way. <laughs> this is not Alyssa before I say that. But I can't tell you how many people I've dated that said they love me that were at some other dude's house the next night. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I can't tell you how many people say they love you, but they also put their hands on you. Some of you are in a car right now, and that's you specifically. I can't tell you how many people say they love you, but all they do is degrade you. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many people say they love you, but at the same time, they're skimming you on money. They're stealing from your bank account. They are secretly stashing money right now, getting ready to leave you. I can't tell you how many parents say they love their kids, 
But at the same time, all they do is mentally and or physically abuse you your entire life. I love you, son or daughter. Love to go to lunch. But while they're at lunch, they go, I need some money. And then you find out very quickly the only reason that you're at lunch is because they need money. Love doesn't mean anything anymore. Because there's a lot of people who love you that have no problems hurting you. So then we move to, I'm not just, I don't just love you. I'm in love with you. Which I personally think is even more dangerous than the word love. Mm-hmm. I'm in love with you. Well, that's a feeling. To be in love with somebody, that's, that's a feeling. And feelings are not eternal. They're not. Feelings are not internal. The way you feel right now, you will not always feel that way 20 years from now. That's just the truth. And just the way it works. And I'm getting to the, to the choose part here in a second. In love is a very dangerous term. And the reason I bring all of this up, and it's weird because I wrote this down before I put the questions out. And one of the first questions, and, and I won't say your names on the questions here. Here we go. Uh, it's a three-parter question. All right, so this lady said the topic she wanted me to talk about. This is weird, right? Like I, like I wrote this down before they sent this, but here it is. Uh, her topic she wants me to talk about is for people to stop asking their single friends why they aren't married or don't have kids yet. Jesus has a plan and people need to mind their business. Okay. Remember her question and we're going to go full circle here. So in love is very dangerous. Because it's a feeling, it's a thought, it's a feeling, it's fleeting, okay? Mm -hmm. There are days I'm not in love with Alyssa. That's just the truth. And I promise you there are many more days <laughs> that she is not in love with me because I'm a very difficult person to get along with for a long period of time because I don't know if you can tell, I have what would be called an alpha male mentality you know, I have to constantly remind myself I'm not always right about everything, blah, 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 blah. I mean, typical man, right? Um, in fact, me and Alyssa attended a marriage conference one time, and one of the most powerful things I've ever heard, it was this 85-year-old woman and an 87-year-old man. They walk up there on the stage, and they've been married for like 60 years. And they said something very powerful. They said, uh, I've fallen in and out of love with my spouse probably a thousand times in 60 years. Which brings me to what I think people actually need to hear today. I like you. I care about you. I love you. And I'm in love with you. None of those things matter. Not really. What matters is the word choose. And that's what you need to hear Right now, there's some of you driving right now that are ready to give up. There's some of you driving right now or working out right now that are ready to be like, they're never going to see it from my point of view, or they're never going to get it right. They're never going to change. They're never going to this. They're never going to that. Blah, 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 blah. Some of those things probably so. 
There are certain things about people, especially the things that nag you before you get married, they're amplified after you get married. Because that's just the truth. You are, you are, I like to say, sucking your gut in the entire time you're dating. Mm-hmm. And then the second you get married, buddy, you you exhale, man. And you are you are finally able to chill out just a little bit. Got him. I can yep. relax just a little. But this is where I believe truly choosing somebody is more powerful than I love you could ever be. Because you can love somebody and not like them. Mm-hmm. You know, in fact, the Bible is riddled with that. You're supposed to love everybody. It doesn't say nothing about liking everybody. Nothing. Nothing. Love your enemies. That plain as day biblical means there's going to be people that you would sooner punch in the face than have a conversation with them. But you got to love them anyway. Yep. Okay. To say I love you and I like you, that's pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it's still a feeling. You're not always going to like somebody, man. I mean, they are going to irritate you. Me and Justin, me and Justin, you guys don't know Justin, but he works here at the office. We've been friends since we were 12 years old. Okay. 23 years I've known this dude. Yeah. All right. Been best friends 23 years. I can't tell you how many times I've wanted to throw him through a wall and him with me as well. (laughs) And we've probably almost gotten into physical altercations before because that's just the way that it is with dudes anyway. I don't know how you ladies do it. You, you know, do bless your heart or whatever it is. Um, Guys fight and five minutes later, they're friends again. Anyway, but choosing somebody despite how you feel about them at that moment, the commitment to somebody, that is the actual powerful thing. And that is the thing that pulls you through the dark times, the hard times. You know, ladies, maybe you've gained weight since marriage and and maybe there's, you know, some self-confidence issues you're feeling that your husband doesn't even care about. You care about it. Or men, let's throw it back. Maybe your wife has gained some weight and it does bother you, but guess what? You don't look the way you look either. Or you don't look the way you used to look either. You got a receding hairline, yo. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like you got a beer belly too and it ain't just okay because you're a dude. No one's going to look the same in their 40s that they looked in their 20s. Exactly. Nobody, our bodies are, the from the day you were born, your body is dying. Literally. Yeah. From the day you're born. Your body has an expiration date. Dudes that spend all your time in the gym. Now, let me preface this. I am pro physical fitness. Absolutely. Look, I'm not justifying you to eat however you want to eat. Look, if your metabolism sucks, then guess what? You don't get to eat whatever you want to eat. Be smart about it. Yeah. I I am not a proponent for laziness. Mm -hmm. Okay? What I'm saying is that you're you're not always going to be the attractive one in the relationship or the most attractive one and you're both going to be equal or maybe for a time you're both equal and then your wife is the attractive one in the relationship which nine times out of ten that's the way it is uh and then maybe sometimes you know like uh i don't know after your wife has had three children maybe you do 
in the view of the world become the attractive one. Shut up. That's not what it's about. You know what? And I don't know a single thing about his political views or anything. You know who Pierce Brosnan is? Uh, I don't. Okay. Pierce Brosnan, he was James Bond for a lot of movies, GoldenEye. All that kind of See, stuff. I've actually never seen a whole bit of James Bond movie. Oh my God, Zach, you're useless to me. I am with useless. My movie trivia. Okay, it, I'm horrible. All right, so Pierce Brosnan, very attractive man. He just is, right? I mean, he was James Bond. All right, yeah. you don't get the James Bond role unless you're born <laughs> the top percent of men. Correct, exactly. Well, they showed they showed a picture of him and his wife when they first got married, and you know, I mean, he's freaking Pierce Brosnan, it's James Bond, right? Like, I mean, she is a drop dead supermodel, blah blah blah. Well, it shows him like thirty years later. He looks virtually the same. He's just got gray hair now instead of dark black hair, but she's put on some weight. Yeah. And, you know, they've also had multiple children. And somebody asked him, they're like, uh, literally, he was asked this question. They're like, um, how are you still with, with her? Like, she don't look the way she used to look. How are you still with her? You're Pierce Brosnan, you're James Bond. And he goes... That's the mother of my children. That's the person that I've spent my life with. That's the person who's seen me, the real me, my lowest of my lows, my insecurities, my depressions, my anxieties, my my pettiness. And yet she's chosen to stay with me and she's chosen to literally go through the worst pain imaginable multiple times of having children for me. That's that's the person I choose. Not necessarily a person I love all the time or in, in love all the time. And I and I'm, you know, I'm I'm going down the rabbit hole. He didn't say all of that, but you get the gist of it. We as people have put so much emphasis on love and in love. And we go through this thing where I just, you know what, man, how many people have how many times have you said or you've heard someone say, I just don't feel it anymore? Yeah. I just don't feel it. The spark is gone. Maybe that's a better term. There's no, there's no fire anymore. Shut up about your fire. <laughs> fire comes up and down, and once you hit 40, dude, your testosterone levels are going to start dropping down. And trust me, you ain't bringing the fire either. You know what I'm saying? I'm just being for real, yo. All right? I choose you means more than I love you ever mm. will. And so I challenge you today to stop looking through the lens of I love you or I'm in love with you and start looking through the lens of I choose you. And I truly believe that when you start looking through that mindset, it will change everything. Now, to all you Christian people that have been single for forever, you've dated 137 folks, and nobody is is the one God sent for you. <laughs> I, I love these. Oh, well, you know, nope, he just didn't make it, or she just didn't make it. Some of y'all will have, I can't remember what preacher said this, but I'll never forget it. Some of y'all will have an 80% person, and you will leave them. Because you're looking for a hundred percent person. Hundred percent person doesn't exist. They don't exist. Some of y'all are looking for Jesus, 
in real life. That ain't how it works. Expectations are too high. Sometimes I'll go the opposite route here for the lady that was asking about people to butt out of their business. Sometimes you need to look in the mirror and go, maybe it's you. Uh Oh, we're all up in the business now, Zach. No, I had a friend one time, like I used to struggle with relationships back early. Well, I'm single right now. So, but (laughs) back in early college and one of my friends was like, dude, he's like, if you keep breaking up with girls, and things aren't working out, he's like, maybe you need to look at yourself. Yeah. And that was some of the best advice I was ever given. I like Zach's subtle plug right there. Ironically, and I'm not making this up, somebody asked about Zach's dating life. I'm not. Hold on. I'll find it. I'll find it and prove it to you. Hang on. Uh, Give me a minute. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. Where's it at? Where's it at? Where's it at? Where's it at? Oh, my gosh. There's so many questions. Zach's dating life right there. There it is. So, ladies, you heard it here first. Zach is single, by the way. Uh, (laughs) If you would like to talk about dating Zach, uh, you can email me at graham at dearamericamedia.com, and I can make a meeting happen. I happen to know the guy. Anyway, back to the point. Yes, I completely agree. Some of y'all are looking for Jesus. I don't know what the female version would be for, like, dudes looking for a girl. Mary, I guess. No, that'd be weird. You're looking for a just like you're so, looking for a girl that doesn't know how she got pregnant. It's probably not a good thing here in 2022. <laughs> 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 yeah, can, if I date you, a girl that doesn't know how she got pregnant, then uh, that's definitely a red flag for can me. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> if we can just have fun for just saying, can you imagine you're dating some chick? <laughs> you're engaged. And one day she comes up to you. She's like, babe, I got some news. All right. Hit me with it. She goes, I'm pregnant, but it's not yours. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, whose is it? Are you sitting down? I've been sitting down. It's God's baby. <laughs> Can the, you imagine? That's when I delete the number and never talk to her oh, again. Oh, man, that would be. <laughs> dude, look, hey, let's just call it what it is. You know. Joseph don't get enough credit, man, in the Bible. <laughs> he really don't like that. You know, that took a lot of a lot of faith there, buddy. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, like that. Like that is that is that is some ser- <laughs> some serious stuff. Anyway, I'm sorry. I apologize. It was fun. That was probably it was probably in, inappropriate, but, but I don't care. Anyway, <laughs> back to the point. Uh, you know, sometimes you're not single just because you choose to be single. Sometimes you're single because you're difficult and you can't keep nobody around. Um, wow. Like the number one thing I'm looking on here, another question. Uh, I'd love to hear talk about marriage. Okay. Here we go. On top of everything else that I just said, um, marriage is not marriage is not a Hallmark movie. And marriage is also not a sitcom. Ooh, that's a good topic for a preacher sermon right there. I'm going to write that down. (laughs) Marriage is not a Hallmark movie. And every single one of you knows exactly what I'm talking about uh, when I say that. And marriage is also not a sitcom. So Hallmark movies present marriage or finding the right person as this fairy tale. Wait, so it's not a fairy tale? It's not like Disney? No. No, no, they they present it like this fairy tale, all right? And Candace Cameron Burr and all them people are in it all the time. I like Candace. I, I really do. I love all the Hallmark cheesy movies at Christmas, whatever. You know, it's cool. But, but marriage is not a Hallmark movie, okay? 
But then on the flip side, marriage is also not a sitcom like King of the Hill where the husband is some idiot that just can't get it right all the time. And then the wife is, you know, just always talking down to them and holding sex over their head, you know, if they don't do things the right way, like all that kind of stuff. Like that's not marriage either. Marriage is a lot of marriage is a lot like the day to day going to that college course that you don't really care for, but you know that you need it. All right. You got to go every day and it's a grind. All right. It's a grind every day, but you do it to get to the good times, like passing the course or using the course uh, to actually go get a job or, or, or implementing it in your life every single day. Marriage is, as much as I hate to admit it, uh, the movie with Ashton Kutcher and Brittany Murphy. You think I'm going to be a help? I, I just Google Ashton Kutcher, Brittany Murphy. There's a movie. There's a movie. And I want to say the movie so I can get it right. All I can think of is uh, Kevin from The Office. No. Ashton Ashton Kutcher, Brittany Murphy. Just type that in. The movie should pop up. Oh, oh. Just married. Just married. You think I would have remembered that? (laughs) Okay. Anyway, there's a scene in there where they just got married and literally they're about to divorce at the end of this movie. And Ashton Kutcher's dad brings out the family album and Ashton Kutcher and his dad are you know, look at this family album and Ashton Kutcher is just reminiscing. He's like, man, you know, I really wish that we could have, you know, had a life like that. And the dad looked at the, looked at Ashton Kutcher and he said, he said, the hard times don't make it in the photo album. Mm. These are the highlight reels. See, now we don't have photo albums anymore. We got Instagram, right? We got Facebook and Snapchat and TikTok and all this stuff. And we've got, We've got the uh, we've got the highlight reels, and your life is never going to live up to somebody else's highlight reel because they're not showing you their real life. You know, I love I always love the family photos. You ever, Zach Zach is an amazing photographer, and stuff. you don't see what goes on behind. Like the, you don't see the photos that are deleted. You. true you don't see the eight zach will take three thousand photos and send the family a hundred of them (laughs) it's it's not nearly that much for a family session (laughs) i I would definitely never do a family session again if that was the case um my point is i can't tell you how many times i remember back in the day when you joined a church like the church would send out a yearly like like book and it would have all the members of the church and their family pictures in there. I remember church having directory. to go to like, yeah, there it is. I remember having to go to church, like take the photo, right? Clip on tie <laughs> because I'm a kid, you know. One uh, of the typical backdrop family photos. Which, by the way, if you're a dad, teach your freaking son how to tie a tie. Don't be that dad <laughs> that doesn't teach your kid. Anyway, back to the point. <laughs> um, I can't tell you how many death threats I received seconds before the photos were taken <laughs> but the you photos are the i swear to god if you don't smile you know like like you're not like, a cheesy you're fake like, smile you got like your hand on the back of their neck and you're smiling but you're secretly like like squeezing grimace and squeezing the back of that neck just a little <laughs> like that's real man southern baptist mamas i tell you what there is cursed ridden 
language all the way to the church. Get out. Those Sunday morning church buddy, rides are not uh, biblical. Man, I'm telling you, <laughs> that is the that's real life, man. Real life in marriage is just like a family photo. The family photo shows the best version of the family captured literally in a split second. How many times have you taken a photo, Zach? And as soon as you click that, the kids just melt down afterwards as soon as it's over. Oh, yeah, of course, all the time. That's what I'm trying to say. Kids cry. um, People may argue. The dog's acting all up. Yeah, man, look, that's life, bro. That That is the messiness of life, and that's what makes it interesting. Because you get through it, and then eventually you look back at those photos, and you're like, man, you remember how mad we were at each other during this photo? But it, turns in, it turns into something funny. Yes. That's marriage. Okay? That's real life. And it goes back to what I said earlier. That's why choosing someone means more than saying, I love you ever will. You can tell your kids, I love you all day, every day. Man, I'm full circle in this. Back to the dad that's trying to make that money, man. And trust me, I get it. Okay, I myself have fallen victim to worrying too much about becoming a good businessman than being a good man. Okay, Mm. or being a good dad or being a good husband. Right. Because they're literally now is the point in my life that I'm turning down money, which a lot of people find insane. Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 well, there's more important what? things in life. Well, well, right. And, and you know, I've seen too many men, especially entrepreneurs. If you're a real entrepreneur, you will create a business, have immense success, and then that business will be either become outdated and you'll lose it, and then they frantically struggle to find a way to get back up to the... Uh, the um, financial situation that they were in because they no longer put their value of themselves in the families that they have created. They put their value <laughs> on what other people perceive of them through their terms of success. And if your value is always in what other people perceive of you, then you're going to be miserable your whole life. Correct. Listen to me, and I am speaking to you as Graham, the person, not Graham, this persona that you listen to. I am telling you to all the men that are listening to this show, and ladies, ladies, not taking away that ladies go out there and get it done too. What I am telling you is, from a place of of experience here, that I had more joy in my heart every day when I was making less than 60 grand a year than when all of the businesses started getting into, you know, zeros after zeros. Like I I am telling you that there is no joy in any of that to the man that is working for it, to the woman that's working for it, or maybe to the men that are achieving it. I know People that you see driving Ferraris and Lamborghinis, that their blood pressure is so high that in their 30s, they are on medications. They're having to take anti-anxiety, anti-depressants, anti-everything, because it's so much stress that they are literally shortening their lives for things that don't matter. Yes, you have to provide for your family. Absolutely. Again, this is not an invitation to be lazy. But you don't want your providing to be so much that you forget your family. 
Correct. You're going to look up and your kids are going to be grown. And you know what, man, on your eulogy, your children are going to get up there and they're going to be like, my dad or my mom provided the best stuff that we could have possibly ever asked for. Notice how I said the best stuff, not the best life. Let me tell you something that your kids don't really care about. Let me tell you, let me tell you this. My kids, uh, somebody always used to tell me that, uh, you know, it doesn't, that it doesn't matter how many things you go to, how many birthdays, how many games, how many recitals, how many everything. They won't remember all that. They, they just won't. I mean, you, your kids will not remember everything that you go to or that you're at but they remember every single one that you're not Mm -hmm. every single one to this day to this day i'm a 35 year old man all right to this day and you know i was raised by my grandparents my grandparents were old they couldn't come to 90 95 percent of the things that i did as a kid they couldn't they're just old you know they can't do that and still to this day Day, I think about that all the time. I think about senior night, all this other kind of stuff at the football game where everybody's out on the field and I'm out there and, you know, everybody's parents is there, but mine, mine were the only ones that weren't. And I remember that still to this day. I'm not traumatized by it, but I do. I remember those things. And, and you cannot put price tags on that. Income lost, another one, Brad Pitt of all people said this. I think I might have said this before, but I'm going to say it again. Brad Pitt said this, income lost can be income that is found, but time lost can never be gotten back. And the ironic thing is God uses the funniest things because we, we operate on grass is greener on the other side mentalities all the time. But sometimes God uses success to finally show people that no, that crap matters. None of it, none of it matters. If your kids don't know you, if your spouse doesn't feel like your teammate, like your partner, no amount of success matters. In fact, I know very few truly happy, but yet truly successful in the secular world, I guess you could say, individuals. And I cannot tell you how many people have achieved success and now five, six years later are figuring out a way to just get rid of money. No, I'm not. No, I'm not doing it anymore. I don't care how much money I lose. I'm not doing it. There are more important things than money. I hope that's it. I hope that inspired you. Hope you guys got something out of that. Um, again, uh, I want you guys to realize that we are all in this thing together and everybody is flawed. No one is perfect. Don't believe the lies that the mainstream media is telling you. And more specifically, focus on the things that actually matter. That is your soul. That is your life. That is your family. We'll see you again next time.